Welcome to the Life in Focus podcast, brought to you through Rogers Research Global, with your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Marie Rogers. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. This is Your Life in Focus. We dedicated the first four episodes to introducing the concepts of psychoneuroimmunology, executive functioning, and mindfulness. We are now ready to weave these concepts, among others, into everyday life and everyday living. Moving forward, I will be talking about topics that will help you live healthier, both in mind and body, help you live with more energy, as energy is the currency of life, and through your enhanced energy and health, you will feel better and more motivated. I believe the most effective time management technique or hack is to effectively manage your energy. I've spent decades perfecting or at least attempting to perfect my systems in order to get the most out of my day. They worked. Those who know me know that I'm highly productive. With that productivity, however, I needed the energy to get through the day. Time management hacks and systems won't work if you're fatigued. A day well-lived will be initially designed from multiple perspectives. There will be some planning involved here. You won't typically and just randomly fall into a good and productive day. Maybe this will work for a day or two, but not as a long-range plan. Generally, it will begin the night before with getting restorative sleep. With good sleep, you will at least wake up feeling refreshed. Then how you do your morning will matter. What is your morning routine? Do you have one? Is it working for you? This routine can make or break your day as it has the power to affect the rest of the day into the evening. If you're starting your morning poorly fueled, such as perhaps with a sugary caffeinated beverage and a sugary empty calorie pastry, then your energy will probably crash by mid-morning. That's too early in your day to have your energy plummet. Good luck feeling motivated and cognitively focused after that. Some attempt to remedy this with more caffeine. As a lifestyle, this plan will more than likely result in sleepless nights or chronic insomnia, feelings of anxiety and maybe even depression, and stomach problems. You can add elevated blood pressure and a racing heart to the mix. Not exactly a good feeling. Now let's look at an alternate morning. You wake up feeling refreshed and you start with a non-sugared beverage and a good protein. And guess what? Your mid-morning energy will be strong. At a morning workout or a lunchtime workout, or maybe for lunch, you take your lunch to a nearby park or just go somewhere outside and enjoy some time with nature in the fresh air. And then perhaps after that, you go on a nice walk. You see where I'm going with this. These are small habits that you're stacking, that you're loading up on one another that will change the direction of your day. They will change the feel of your day, especially the stress level of your day. Do this again the next day, and then again the next day, and you will now be living in the energy zone. The more energy that we deposit in our body's health account, the more will be available when needed. Most of us, unfortunately, keep taking withdrawals from this account and not making appropriate or sufficient deposits. Many of us are running on empty. 
While we would not expect our car to run on empty, we often make this mistake when dealing with our bodies because there isn't an easy and identifiable gauge that tells us we're running low, like there is in our cars. Or think about our devices when your laptop or phone is out of charge. What do you do? You power it up. That's what our bodies need to be powered up. Our body's communication system is fatigue, feeling run down, but many ignore this warning and continue what they believe is just to keep going, keep going full steam ahead, not respecting the body's need for rest, nutrition, hydration, sleep, among other healthy habits. Just like our cars and our devices, our bodies need to be powered back up. How we do that matters. If there is one essential takeaway that I can recommend to living healthier, it is to pay attention to your body. This is not to suggest becoming consumed or obsessed by it, as do those with health anxiety. If this is you, then please be gentle with yourself. Tuning into one's body when one does not have a comfortable relationship with it can be frightening. The body can feel frightening, as there is a disconnect between self and body. We see this in trauma work. For the purpose of this episode, we want to keep things simple. So I'm going to recommend with the understanding that this is not a one-size-fits-all recommendation to do your best to manage obsessive or catastrophic thoughts when paying attention to your body. When sensing a change, and keep in mind the body throughout the day can certainly do strange things, engage in a mindful curiosity. A heart rate fluctuation, temperature change, or weird pain or ache in and of themselves are not generally reasons for alarm. If you feel something needs to get checked out, then by all means, have it checked out. If you believe there is a disconnect between you and your body due to trauma, then schedule a consultation with a mental health professional skilled in trauma work. If you are already seeing someone and this episode is bringing to light your disconnect and it has not been brought up in your mental health work, then take this as an opportunity for you to bring this up in your future sessions. The Life and Focus podcast will be inviting guests in the future and dedicate entire episodes on bodywork, trauma, and trauma intervention. Today's episode is more of a general check-in, a mindful read on the body to feel its sense of alignment. It will look and feel something like this. The following are individual symptoms, and each in and of themselves are not typically reasons for concern. Again, just a mindful check-in. It goes something like this. Hmm, feeling a little tired today. I'm not feeling as sharp as I usually do. I just noticed that after eating that particular food, I I don't feel as good. I don't feel as energized. My heart rhythm feels a little off. My internal temperature is feeling off. My head hurts. Again, these symptoms in isolation or alone, it, it could just be your body doing its thing. It could be a, let's monitor this to see where it goes, and then we'll take appropriate action. This is the premise of the mind-body connection. The more connected, the better we will be in reading the energy gauge of when it's getting low and then knowing how to power back up again. Let's now revisit psychoneuroimmunology. It is the combination of psychology, neurology, and immunology. Remember, the purpose of your immune system is to prevent or limit infection. 
as long as it's running smoothly, we do not even know it's there. It quietly and efficiently does its job. It recognizes and neutralizes harmful substances from the environment and fights disease-causing pathogens and other bodily changes that can potentially lead to its permanent breakdown. Without our immune system, we would have no way of fighting off these harmful invaders. Decades ago, it was believed the immune system operated in isolation within itself rather than the well-integrated system and constant communication with the brain and nervous system that we now know it to be. Not only do these systems communicate, but each affects the other in profound ways. Psychoneuroimmunology is closely tied to stress and the effect stress has on the mind and body. What is the relationship? How does stress, especially chronic stress, poorly affect the body? How does it compromise immune functioning? We're now going to introduce the concepts of the vagus nerve and the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. We're going to unlock the mystery of our brain and nervous system so that we can deepen our understanding of stress and immune functioning. Connecting our brain to different parts of our head, neck, and trunk are 12 pairs of cranial nerves, each named for their structure and function. For the purpose of this episode, we will focus on the 10th cranial nerve, the vagus nerve. For those of you keeping close tabs on the anxiety and trauma research that has gained popularity in the last decade, you will in all likelihood have heard of the vagus nerve. Since this podcast is not on neuroanatomy, I will keep that part of it short and spare the full-length lecture. You're welcome. Here is what would be helpful for you to know about your vagus nerve. It is the longest cranial nerve extending from head to abdomen. So here is your mind and gut relationship that we've been hearing a lot about lately. It communicates information from the ear canal and parts of the throat. The throat plays an important role in the calming of the nervous system. Here's an interesting piece of information that you can actually make use of immediately. By just simply humming, whether a tune or the equivalent of the OM mantra familiar to yoga practitioners, the vagus nerve will be stimulated. Since it is the fundamental regulator of the parasympathetic nervous system, its stimulation is directly associated with relaxation. The parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for rest and digest, and its counterpart, the sympathetic nervous system, is responsible for fight or flight or freeze. Both the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems are part of the nervous system. Here's an easy way to remember the autonomic nervous system. Connect autonomic with automatic. The autonomic nervous system automatically regulates certain body functions, such as breathing, blood pressure, and digestion, to name a few, without any conscious effort on our part. The parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems were created to work in tandem, ensuring the restoration and protection of our bodies. A key takeaway at this point is the advanced communication system that's taking place inside of us without our knowledge. Similar to being a passenger on a commercial flight, traveling smoothly, 
unaware of the communication taking place between the cockpit and ground control. If we thought about it, we would know it's happening. However, most of us give it little to no thought or attention to what's happening in the cockpit. The parasympathetic nervous system is responsible for calmness, and through the innervation of the vagus nerve, it releases an assortment of hormones and enzymes that directly link to immune functioning. For example, listening to music we enjoy releases dopamine, the feel-good hormone. Additional benefits include a reduction in inflammation, improvement in memory, feelings of relaxation, and reduction in aches and pains, especially headaches. However, when stress is a lifestyle, as is the case for many of us, the partnership between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems change and shift from a synchronistic, mutually beneficial system to one in which the sympathetic nervous system hijacks the relationship, working long hours and depleting our bodies of vitality, health, energy, and focus. In short, we become dysregulated, out of balance, tired, and sick. We have created lifestyles and engaged in habits that are making it harder for the parasympathetic system to resume control, as chronic states of stress warn the brain to maintain alertness. We are overworked, overscheduled, and overstimulated. We've also become mass consumers of upsetting news and are chronically living with a sense of burdensome deadlines and urgency. The sympathetic nervous system is chiefly responsible for keeping us alert in case of danger and was only meant to be engaged for a brief period of time as a protective mechanism. Following a brief period of stress, the body will naturally attempt to return to its balanced state. The heart rate slows down, the muscles relax, and breathing returns to normal. It is the heaviness of chronic stress that increases the likelihood of poor health. Telltale signs often signaling an overactive sympathetic nervous system include memory and concentration problems, racing or anxious thoughts, moodiness, irritability, agitation, feeling wired and or overwhelmed, depression, increase in rapid weight gain, body aches, pain, rapid heartbeat, chest pain, GI distress such as diarrhea and constipation, dizziness, low energy, and an increased tendency to catch a cold or a flu due to the lower immune system, fatigue, foggy thinking, procrastination, addictions, and non-restorative sleep. This is where being mindful of your body and your fatigue come in. Without proper self-care, rest, nutrition, exercise, basically feeding and using and moving the body in the way that it was designed, you may be continually activating the sympathetic nervous system, placing your body in the chronic state of high alert. So what can you do? This is where being mindful of your body and your fatigue come in. The vagus nerve can be activated through techniques such as deep breathing, meditation, and yoga. And humming, as mentioned earlier. Now take a personal look at your life and seek your own internal wisdom. If I pulled people randomly on a busy street corner and asked them to come up with three things they needed to do to either include in their life or to get rid of in their life in order to feel better and healthier, few would not be able to come up with three solid strategies. We are often not information deficient. With that said, What can you personally identify you need to do more of or less of in order to feel better or to continue down the healthy path that you are already on? 
Some of you already have great habits. Today's episode may be a friendly reminder to keep up the good work. Take this information with you and live in vitality. If there is something you need to do more of to feel better, then give this thought some attention, some mindful attention. If it feels right, set your intention to weave this healthy new habit in a way that aligns with you. If there is something you need to let go of, to do less of, in order to live in alignment, then give this thought some attention, again, mindful attention. If it feels right, set your intention to release this habit. Now, go engage with your world, connect with yourself, your environment, and with others, and do so with intention and with mindfulness. The information presented is intended for general knowledge and is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. As with most things in life, there isn't a magic pill or cure-all, but there are strategies to help regain control of your life. If you'd like to read or learn more about today's and other related topics, please visit drmarierogers.blogspot.com. 